this is not another one of those cast pod thingies, <laughs> is it? Tajans, man, I yeah, know it. I know it. Yeah, I know it too. I really do. Okay, welcome back to episode number three. We got Erin McGinty. Yeah, I'm a rhymer. She's a three-time spear of fishing world champion holder. She's a skipper, ecologist, biologist, marine super trooper, sponsored by Aimright. We talk a journey, one of her world records, being a chicken, a male dominant sport. This is a long one, so everyone grab a beer and uh, set sail. Let's do this, Erin. Yeah, yeah. Do it properly. <laughs> All right, we're on. Erin. Erin McGinty, how are you? I'm good. I'm um, nervous. There's a few few pubs named after your last name. <laughs> well, one. <laughs> oh, is there one at Gold Coast? Gold? Oh, is there? I think so. Going to have to get down there. Where, is, it, is it the one in Cairns? One in Cairns, McGinty's, yep. yeah, yep. Irish pub. So you get free drinks there or what? I haven't been there, <laughs> but I'm going to go try you got to hold, yeah, hold your last minute, like, have a look, this is my license. <laughs> what a good idea. I'm going to try it. So this is your first podcast? <laughs> Ever. Ever. Really nervous. Go oh. easy on me. All right. We got, she bought some matzo. This is the first time someone's ever bought some alcohol up for me. So thanks a lot and let's, let's cheers. Cheers. And, nice one. <laughs> Ginger beer. I was just telling Aaron that I'd started um, making my own. So look out world. I'm actually going to call it Ranga beer. You're not even a ranger. <laughs> no, but <just> ginger <laughs> ranger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I got a picture of um, oh, what's his name, Rick Astley, on it. <laughs> oh, really? Oh my god. Never gonna give you up. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, surely that's not gonna get passed. No, nah, I won't be able to sell them, but <laughs> you can't have chicos or redskins. No, nah. well, well ranger beer. I don't know. Ranger's sort of just on the on the on the cusp of getting knocked out. I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Still in though. So just keep a, like, a nice distance from the. Oh, am I too far? Yeah. You, you, like they say on Rogan, keep the soccer fist from your face. <laughs> Is that what he says? <laughs> yeah, like keep. If you can just keep in the zone, because when you move back and that, it the, the drops out the, the uh, okay, loudness. Yeah. yeah. But um, I'm in. So Aaron, uh, if no one knows, is like a gun spiro. Oh. And and um. Oh, way better than me. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a gun because I'm awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Must be good. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, you come from the North Queensland area. Where did you grow up? Not North Queensland. You don't? No, you didn't? No. Come from Southern WA. Oh, all right. Well, there's one stripe against your name. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I grew up in Southern WA in the freezing climate yep. and grew up on a cherry farm. Nice. So I'm actually a farm girl. Inland, yep, about an hour from the coast, and um, now we got a we grow marin there. So oh, I thought you were gonna say marin <laughs> Joanna. <laughs> <laughs> That's also found in the region, but <laughs> so marin's like a freshwater prawn, yeah, freshwater yep. prawn, but big one, crustacean, and they taste amazing. And with the marin, do they um, I've heard a few things they can actually use the shells for a powder that helps. Sores to heal? Can you? Yeah, it's something 
like that. I think it might be red claw and marin and stuff. There's something yeah, right. in the shell that if you get enough of it, they can crush it up into a powder and then they turn it in and then they actually sell it to the, the U.S. Army and stuff like that to wow. put on their, in their cut kits and stuff to help heal quicker. To get Dad onto it. Yeah. Next money maker. Yeah, I thought, yeah, it was something <laughs> like, I think it's Marin. Marin and, I know it's Red Claw, but Marin's yeah, the same okay. sort of species, Nelly, so. Yeah, just tastes way better. Yeah. <laughs> Not biased. Anything in the fresh water, you just got to put um, garlic with it. Yeah. <laughs> garlic and salt. <laughs> Surprisingly, you don't with Marin, though. You don't? No, they've actually got a really sweet flavour. Maybe because, yeah, I reckon cool, cooler temperatures make everything taste nicer, I Doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Every fish. Even when you get the the oysters from down Coffin Bay and stuff like that and you open it up and you just have the salt water before the actual oyster taste hits you. Yeah. Like how nice does the southern water taste? Oh, the ocean so water. So much better. <laughs> so much better. The tropical water's just got a lot more bacteria and stuff in it already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got strong stomachs up here. Yeah. <laughs> So you're not a Cairns girl, you just live in Cairns. Yeah. So oh. I've been living all around Australia, really. Yep. And just ended up here in the last two years. Yep. Yeah. Oh, so killing it. went from Southern WA and then went to university in Townsville. Yep. And did marine science and aquaculture, surprising there. Yep. And then went back to WA and was working up the Pilbara Coast, um, doing environmental consulting. Yep. And then up to the Kimberley, where I was running... A marine research station up there and um we had some boats up there and we we're doing month-long trips out taking research scientists out and it was just an amazing amazing job exploring the kimberley yep and then across to the Torres Straits, and then i was up there for about four years and training the rangers up there um in all the maritime work yep and then down to cairns oh yeah so what do you actually do in cairns now at the moment um Project managing for me, so they're looking at expanding their business, so giving them a hand with that. So this is where you get all your good marks from. <laughs> <laughs> no, the fishermen are so stealth. They tell you nothing. <laughs> where did you get it from? Yeah. You, the ocean. Oh, and I think because they know that I spear, they just particularly tell me nothing. <laughs> <laughs> We've yeah. had, I've had Captain Lex on here, and he, he's gave me a few dud steers. In the past. Has he? Oh, he goes, go out this edge. This is a whereabouts. Oh, he just points at a map and puts uh, his finger on it. Don't like, you hate right. those friends? <laughs> like, like that's going to give you any idea. <laughs> and I've, yeah, we've been there, like, two of his things. You're listening, Lex, I know you are. <laughs> and the two duds, mate. <laughs> Shit, friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you, um, what, up the Torres Strait, so when you're teaching, teaching them all, so what was, what was entailed in teaching? Um, so basically teaching them all the marine um, environmental work that they're doing and how to, the maritime work, so how to drive their boats up there and yep. basically turn them into coxswains. So yep. it's quite an interesting job, like a young female going up to the Torres Straits, <laughs> teaching the traditional owners how to drive their dinghies. It was <laughs> <laughs> they've probably they've grown up in them, but they just have, don't have the, um, the paperwork to yeah, yeah, <laughs> follow yeah. it. And just the commercial side, I guess, yeah. like they can handle a boat like no one else, but the actual rules of the road yeah. and navigating like from charts, yeah. all that sort of stuff. <laughs> It'd be a bit of a, I, I haven't any, any good stories from it or? Oh, uh, there's a few. There's <laughs> a lot of maintenance yeah. teaching. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> which was good. So uh, if no one knows what a coxswain is, pretty much just a skipper's licence. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So you skip his license to drive boats up to 12 metres. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. So they had about nine ranger vessels up there and they had rangers on about 14 islands through the Torres Straits. Yep. Um, so I used to just travel out every week to a different island and work with the rangers on that island for a week. And yeah, it was an amazing job. They just teach you like, treat you like family and you yep. rock up there and they would Go make sure the kids go out and get your crayfish for dinner and they'll take me spearing before work. Yep. It was, yeah, unreal. So what do you, how do you rate the spearing up there compared to down this way? Spearing's really good up there. Like it's pretty untouched. But around Thursday Island where I was based, it's pretty dirty. So yep. it's shallow water, high tidal movement, and it's just filth really, like yep. majority of the year. So you get accustomed to diving dirty water. <laughs> and um, if you want cleaner water, you sort of head out to the outer islands and yeah. it starts to clear up out there. There's a bit of distance to travel. Yeah. So to get clean water, you sort of head out to the middle islands like Warrabear and it's probably like 50 nautical miles away from, yep. from Thursday Island. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I had a few um, Tory boys work for me on the farm and I used to say, what's the difference, uh, distance between Thursday Island and Boigo Island? And he's like, two and a half tanks. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's in tanks. It is. That's how they measure everything. They've actually, um, MSQ, actually, so Maritime Safety Queensland, they've made up this card up there and it actually shows you the distances to all the islands in tanks, in how, <laughs> how many jerry cans of fuel you need. It's but then, then you got, because they probably all, what, between a 40 and a 60 on their boat, so it's probably around the average size anyway in the amount they would chew. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's pretty accurate because they do, do all have similar boats yeah. up there. Yeah. yeah, they love their hookers up that way. They do. Mm. Plenty of those. <laughs> That's yeah. what I reckon if you want to learn what a good boat is, <laughs> like dinghy-wise, yeah. see what they use up there. <laughs> Definitely, 100%. And they've got those long boats um, from P&G that yeah. get made over there and they're amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I've I heard a story where one fellow took his, his boat and he wanted his trailer to go to another island, so he just tied it on underneath and drove it. So my mate was driving along, and he seen the boat driving real slow, and he went so he said, you're right, mate? He goes, yeah, I'm just taking my trailer over as well, and it was tied underneath the bottom of the boat. That's insane. <laughs> but I just love how they come up with things yeah, like that. Bush, like, <laughs> bush yeah, bush mechanics. <laughs> anything can be done. And when I used to like teach the rangers like how to do the maintenance on the boats and, and on their trailers and that, like they would... That taught me a lot actually, because they'd go away and like we had issues with the um, with the batteries and the terminals on those, and they'd go away and come back with these made out of whatever they could find these yep. little terminals, and they look brand new, like they're doing bought off a shelf. <laughs> like, wow, pretty impressive. <laughs> but they don't have a telly in the house anymore. Probably pulled that apart. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> get the parts. True, <laughs> true. <laughs> Didn't ask questions. <laughs> So when 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 uh, so you were inland when you were finally uh, when you were living growing up and how did you sort of discover the ocean then? Um, so I first started scuba diving actually is yep. where I started. Um, I went and did a course in high school with my brother and um, in the hope to start diving because they all dive for craze down there yep. using scuba. Um, so that's why we went and did it and then we started diving the south coast of WA. My dad, and my brother, and. Um, yeah, for craze, hunting for craze. Yep. Yeah. It's a dangerous place down that way. It is. <laughs> it's so hard to find dub buddies when I go home. Yeah. 
no one wants to get in. And dad, like, he'll take me out in his boat and take me to these primo fishing spots. We'll be catching WAG fish in 15 metres of water. And I'll have my dive gear in the boat. I'm like, dad, I'm just going to duck down and get one. He's like, there's no chance. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, had Mako sharks biting his motors there. Crazy stuff. Yeah, that's a uh, very underestimated shark, that one, isn't it? The Mako shark. It's, yeah, I <laughs> it's think It's another so. one that's on steroids. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen one in the water yet, but... They're the fastest swimming shark. I think they can... 100 and, and something kilometres an hour they can swim. Yeah. Something like that. They, that's insane. Something stupid like that. I'll, give, I'll throw out a lot of, like, statistics that aren't true. Yeah. <laughs> I'm <laughs> But good just at that to believe too. me and say, yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so I'll do a lot of that. <laughs> That's why I tell everyone to turn your Google off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and believe I'll check me. it later. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a nice area down. I've actually been down around that area. Albany, is it? Albany? Yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah. That sort of. And right down. That's the bottom, bottom corner. It is. Yeah. Right down the bottom. So I'm from a town called Manjimup, which is about probably an hour inland of Margaret River. Yep. Yeah. It's a nice area there. Yeah. I think from Perth south, nicer than Perth north. Yeah. The like the actual countryside and stuff is beautiful. Yeah, it's stunning. The trees are just massive. We got like seventy metre trees down yeah. there <laughs> <laughs> on steroids. Yeah. Everything's on steroids down there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so no great whites. See no great whites. No, I haven't seen one diving down there. Yeah. yeah. Usually you don't pl- see them. You feel them. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's what I think. I'm not going to see it. It's just going to hit me. Yeah. <laughs> so even the ones out here, they're the ones that are hungry. They'll, you don't really, probably don't get a chance of seeing them that often. No, that's it. <laughs> not with the stories I've heard anyway. Have you had any close encounters out this way? Um, one off here where we went out diving, we're doing blue water. And um, one of the, so we had three in the water and then one of the guys jumped back in the boat and it was me and this other guy. And, um, we hadn't put any burley in the water yet. We hadn't shot any fish. And um, we were just drifting there, like, ready to jump back in the boat. And this bull shark has just shot up from about 50 metres of water straight up at us. Yeah. And just beelined it for my dive buddy. Thank God he picked him. <laughs> <laughs> squid in the water. Yeah. <laughs> and luckily I just handed – I had a rife um, blue water – cannon at yeah, the time and big long bastard yeah big wood one <laughs> luckily handed him that before and so he sort of had that to shelter him a bit from it but yeah. this shark just hit him at full pace yeah. with its mouth open and i'm so just he like, just hit the gun yeah yeah hit luckily. the gun and then i'm like oh god i'm gonna have to like go and shoot this shark off of my mate here yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but by the time like you even turned the gun like it was gone like, yeah it was all over so you reckon territorial or was just hungry i think I think you just get these rogue sharks, mm. to be honest. I think you just get these odd ones that, I don't know, they just may be territorial. I don't know. Yeah. Are they territorial out in the big blue ocean yeah. in 50 <laughs> metres? I don't know. Because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, as they say, the higher you are in the water, it's supposed to be the higher in the shark hierarchy you're supposed to be, I think. And they, if you're on the top of the water, that you they class you as the opposition or a threat because you're the... In the yeah. highest level. Yeah, that definitely <laughs> works. I've been drifting blue water before and the sharks that come up to the surface, they're not, they're not afraid of you. 
<laughs> they're there to show you who's boss. <laughs> what they say, don't take your eye off them and just swim slowly back, <laughs> facing them the whole time, but going back. Oh, really? <laughs> That's what I've heard. <laughs> I, I do a lot of um, reading up just in case the day ever happens when once <laughs> being a bit naughty. <laughs> I do the opposite and swim at them and start screaming and yelling. <laughs> <laughs> this works so far. Yeah, hopefully it's just not as territorial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't recommend it. No. <laughs> so down that, so that side there, you do any surfing over there? Um, I do a little bit. So yeah, a little bit of surfing, not a heap. Yeah. I'm very beginner at yeah. surfing. Aren't we all? But love it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have a crack and go and flog myself trying to do it. But <laughs> I have to bring up a story. The other day we um we were down. I took my boat for it. I actually was selling my boat and we took it for a test drive and these people come in a boat beside me and they pulled up and I was like, I think that's Aaron (laughs) (laughs) in my head. And then I'm like, and then you started talking and then you were giving me the look like, I think you're Taz. (laughs) (laughs) But I didn't want to be rude and say, are you Aaron? (laughs) In the port, if it wasn't like, all right, everyone's Aaron because they're a girl in this beer. Yeah, <laughs> I actually just thought you were really rude. <laughs> I started saying hello and having a yarn, and you're like, silence, crickets. <laughs> it was, I was sort of in a funny spot. I was trying to sell a boat, and yeah. I was talking the boat up about how fucking good it was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so you know, then I, I, you said, oh. <laughs> the funny thing was, is that it's a bit rough out there. Not a good day to test boats. <laughs> I'm like, all right, shut up. <laughs> I thought about that afterwards. I'm like, that didn't help him. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sold it. Nah. Yeah. I said, mate, because she said it was that rough out there. Yeah. <laughs> Look at it, just hand cut through it like butter. <laughs> <laughs> they do ride pretty well. The hooker. Yeah. You got a hooker, hey? Yeah. Yeah. yeah they it's do a nice ride boat. well. I'm gonna Have you sold sad. it? No. Oh well, it's in the, it's in the movement of it by right. the time this comes out it'll probably be sold yeah it'll be gone so i can start saying the bad things about yeah. it <laughs> <laughs> no so i was yeah i decided to sell it i just want to get a uh, actually do a bit more coral sea stop stuff and go out flinders and stuff like that again so yeah that's the love it out there and um i just want to go from like cooktown north and do all the islands and the ribbons and yeah go do weeks up that way and just camp on islands and camp on the boat you just need a five, six metre boat. That's how the back to basic always did it. Yeah. <laughs> just need a kayak. Yeah. <laughs> pussy. Pussies. I'm a pussy. <laughs> um, no, but I, bet, I bet you if they had the opportunity to get a big one, they probably would have. <laughs> 100%. I can see some of the stories are getting a bit, they're getting towards the end of the, the boat trip and it's like a bit of sickness and a bit of <laughs> lack of water. over it. <laughs> Put yeah, it this way, sure. Fran, Fran must... No, have a good constitution, yeah. <laughs> not throwing up everywhere. <laughs> oh, yeah, she did well. Yeah, cook up fish every night. I'm not, I'm not a big fish eater, but um, eating fish every night, I, I'd probably get sick of it pretty quick. <laughs> 100%. Yeah, I love my steak. Or die of sick of terror. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shoot the wrong one. They probably did yeah. the right thing by shooting a lot of different species. Yeah. It's not all adding up. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> you would be worried about that though, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. Doing a trip like that. That's what they're saying. Like different reeves have different 
amounts of seed, like you can just go to one reef and it's just rife with it and then the next one's got none. Yeah. Sort of the way it works. They almost need to do a map of where, <laughs> <laughs> where the bloody sig is. Siggy. Apparently Siggy there's reef. heaps off here. Is there? Yeah. I know a lot of people get it from the mackerel. Yeah. If you get a big mackerel. Yeah. Um, I haven't had too many people get it from trout, but I don't know. If I get a big trout, it'd probably get thrown back. Yeah. Well, there's studies <laughs> out now showing that it doesn't really matter about the size doesn't of the it? fish. Yeah. No. It's so I've all... thrown it back all these big fish for another. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could have been eating them. But yeah, it's more related to where you catch the fish. Yep. So, so it's just the reef, yeah. what they chew and the little ones, and then they just big food chain. Yep. Oh. So that's why it'd be good if they actually gave us a map. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's your job, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Get onto it. <laughs> you can be my taste tester. Yeah. I've, I've got um, seven Vanuatu's that work for me. They're my taste testers. But no. they, they, I think they can be immune to it. Some cultures are immune to cigatera uh, as well. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, Lucky them. But even saying that, Western Australia, like you don't get it in the, um, what is it, in the Chinaman? Yeah. You Chinaman, can eat yeah. them over there? Yeah, you don't get SIG in WA at all. Yeah. So you can eat any fish over there. <laughs> bloody, bloody North Queensland. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's all the banana bloody juices going out there. Yeah. We'll blame us. <laughs> we'll blame you. <laughs> but so, yeah, you can, um, yeah, but they can't ship barramundi over there. So. Yep. <laughs> they got some downfalls. They can get, they can shoot barramundi cod over there. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yep. And take Jenny's as well. Yeah. <laughs> they do whatever over there. No, yeah. their rules are actually pretty strict compared to Queensland. Yeah, you can't spear cray over there. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. No. But so. you can get them on scuba. Yeah. But you that can't work? do that here. No. But I think because they use cray loops over there. Yeah. Like I'm talking south coast here. Mm. So it would be pretty hard to have the time to get under those big ledges <laughs> with a cray loop. <laughs> Without scuba. I just, wouldn't you just use your hands? Yeah. <laughs> I haven't tried using my hands on southern rock lobsters. No. Nah. I wonder if it's... They probably grip right in. They've got a, probably a stronger grip or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they do, actually. They've got a massive claw, like one claw in the middle of them. And when you catch them, they actually dig it into you. Yeah. And like the big, big jumbos, they can actually hurt you. Yeah. Like through your wetsuit. <laughs> Cut a big hole five in Five mil wetsuit. Yeah. I've had a big couple of big jumbo, um, just the tropical ones. When you bring them in, they, they'll wrap their arm, legs around and it feels like they're actually trying to hurt you. Yeah. I know. <laughs> well, I would be too Having if you were taking dig, me yeah. for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> just put a hole in my head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm not dead yet, but I'm going to squeeze the shit out of you. I know. But they've got some strength, the big crays. Yeah. Yeah. i got one sad story. I was The biggest crow I've ever seen it was close to six kilo, I reckon. Wow. And it, That's bumper. I got a mate, I think I told on a podcast, I don't know if I have, but it hasn't come out yet. <laughs> yeah, okay. But I, a mate loaded the air gun and when you load an air gun, you know if there's there's air in it or not and he didn't know. So he just loaded it and went plip straight in and he didn't, didn't say there's no air in it. So I went right up beside the cray, about 100 mil off it, put it right beside it and it just it come out went, hit it and then it went like that, just pushed it sideways off the... <laughs> And, and just fell down. I'm like, no. Oh, and I just no. backed up right in under there and never couldn't get to it. Fail. <laughs> We've all been there. Learned my lesson. Yeah. Have you had any stories like that with gear failures? Um, 
Yeah, I had a good one on the sunny coast recently where we were um, diving some pretty deep water. It's all deep reef down there. Yep. It's hard diving. Mm. So we're diving about oh, probably 25, 30 meters. And um, I dived down and I seen one of those pennant fish. Have you seen those? No. Yeah, I was first time I was seeing him as well. And um, like we'd look, been looking for him that day and then finally found one and swam up to him. It was a big one. And um, went to go pull the trigger and my spear has just dribbled off the end of my gun and fallen down. I didn't load my gun. Because <laughs> <laughs> if it's a roller, it yeah. looks like it's right loaded. It does. <laughs> it does. It's definitely what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I did that sort of the other day, but you know you got the, the assist on the roller guns? Yeah. That yeah. you pull back first and then you can grab the rubbers. Did you put that on there? The assist sort of was a bit, um, you got to put a bit of rubber over the top of it so it doesn't flap. Yeah. Uh, a bit of tubing or something. And it flapped down and, and caught on one of the nuts that holds the rubber on. Oh, no. So when I fired it, it was already, so it just half fired and then just went at the end of the gun as yeah. well. <laughs> Oh, no. We've all got those stories. Yeah. I've got more of those than, we don't than like shooting stories. <laughs> yeah. Than kills. You should do a podcast on that, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, actually, because I built the pool at the back, I've been I made a little coral trout floaty thing. I get in there and I shoot the spear gun in the pool and I still miss that. No. <laughs> Such a good idea. I'd mm. love to have that at home just so you can test guns. Yeah. And- fiddle with them to make yeah. it really accurate yeah and it's the only thing is your buoyancy is a little bit different mm. like that's one of the, i reckon that's probably the most unspoken about and one of the harder things to figure out is your buoyancy as you mm. you go from zero to eight you're sort of positively buoyant and then once you get around eight nine ten you sort of start to get uh, equal and then after that you're negative yeah and learning all those heights and yeah. how much weight to have for the depth of the water. Yeah. Have you got any f- tricks on how to figure that one out? Yeah, well, I think if you're diving in the shallows, I like to overweight a bit. It really depends on what you're chasing and where you're diving. So in the shallows, I like to have a bit of weight on so I can dive down and sit on the bottom and just sit there or crawl along the bottom. Um, but then when I'm doing deeper dives, I like to be positively buoyant in probably the top 10 metres. Yeah. So obviously for safety reasons and for blackout reasons. So if I get to 10 metres under, like I like to know that I'm going to float to the surface yeah. <laughs> in that danger zone where you like a little blackout. Mm. Um, so yeah, but then you also need to think about um, what depth you're diving to and how hard it is to swim up from that depth if yeah. you are overweighted as well. That's a, Yeah, that's another scary part is when you start going past 10, you get negatively, negatively buoyant and then you just start dropping. And when you start swimming back up, it just feels like it's sucking, wants to pull you back down. Mm. You get that feeling where it wants to drag you back down and it feels like you're getting nowhere as well when you're kicking. Yeah, yeah. I've dived with people that like to be overweighted for that reason. They like to, well, not for that reason, but they like to get down there and just be able to sit on the bottom. Yeah. But then you see them swimming up and they're just struggling yeah. so much and you're like... That's that is dangerous not too. Safe. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. So, have you got any tricks to get rid of your weights or anything like that? If you got any belts that you work with or anything like that to drop the weight away, or um, so I just make sure that I've got um, 
a bit of a range in weight. So you've got those full one kilo ones and you've yep. got half kilo ones. So you can just get the right weight for where you're diving basically. Mm. And you want to be able to level out on the bottom with fish, I guess. Yeah. So you don't want to be sitting right on the bottom. You don't want to be floating too much yeah. and trying to stay down. So you're just going to try and it's basically just going out and playing with it and having weights in the boat you can swap out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I reckon because most of the weights feed onto your belt, so they're a bit of a pain in the ass. Like mm. you just sort of like, all right, I'll do it next time, sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of like having one where you could possibly clip on or something like that. Yeah, that's true. That good little money maker there. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't listen to this yeah. podcast, anybody. Anyone? Cut that out. <laughs> currently making this. <laughs> I've got two weeks or two weeks to make this. Yeah. <laughs> Get on it. <laughs> the, the commercial at the end of this will be, boy, Taz's lead weights. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to have to do it now. <laughs> but yeah, they probably basically... already do. Yeah. <laughs> probably. <laughs> uh, we'll just say they don't. Yeah, they don't, but um, there's a lot of people just swearing at, the, yeah. <laughs> at their phones right now. They fucking do. <laughs> All that money in marketing. <laughs> but yeah, basically it's just about working it out and... Like now when I go out and dive, like I sort of know what depth I'm diving. I know what weight I need yep. to be comfortable. So, yeah. And so when when did you first shoot your, like, um, like just want to constantly just go spearing? Um, so I moved to Townsville to go to uni. Um, and that's where I met a group of friends that were just keen on spearing. And so that's how I got into it. Yeah. And um, I don't know, I loved it from the start, I guess. And um have just done it ever since yeah it's like you either born with it or you're not yeah <laughs> it's, it's the ocean yeah it is and i think starting off as a scuba diver wasn't a bad way to start because yeah. you sort of ease into learning like how to hunt but scuba gives you more time yeah. to practice your skills mm. so and also trying to equalize like going down on scuba you've got time because you to try and equalize properly yeah. you can just inflate your bc and yeah yeah whereas freediving it's straight down you, yeah. you don't really have a lot of time <laughs> <laughs> and that's one of my issues i'm having at the moment at about 15 meters my equalizing just starts playing up so i know there's the frenzel and uh there's one what everyone just uses to do the front of their face and that's yeah. usually good up until 10 or something meters then after that you've got to do the frenzel or the back of your throat so I'm the worst person to ask about equalizing. Because <laughs> it just happens for you? Well, it does. Like, to be honest, I'm, so I'm a hands-free equalizer. Oh, you're one of the lucky ones. But a natural one. So yeah. I haven't taught myself. I've just always just done it. I did it. it. <laughs> um, All right, that's the end of the podcast. Yeah. Thanks, Aaron. See you later. Everyone's going to instantly hate me now. <laughs> but yeah, I think um, it's from... When I was growing up, my dad's a pilot. Yep. And I think just spending a lot of time in light planes and having to equalize as a baby, yep. I just learned to move that muscle yep. and be able to do it yeah. without doing anything. Lucky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take your babies flying. Because <laughs> <laughs> it is a, it's, um, for me, just going down, it's like nearly every meter I have to do it. And then I was talking to As, he said, about when it starts to really hurt, he said, try to level yourself out and try to just play with it at that 15 and mm. see if you can get it working. But I just find it, I use a lot of oxygen and energy trying to figure it out. And so yeah. by the time you get to 20, you're just like, oh, I've got to go back up now because I've just wasted all my energy stuffing around with my equalization. Yeah, I think it's just about putting that time aside just to practice that and yeah. work on that. And As is right, like just trying to, you can try leveling yourself out or 
sort of sit up in the water, I guess, and yep. it makes it easier to equalize and then you can try and go down it further again. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit yeah. of a tricky one. Yeah, and the other one, do you, what? how do you go with contractions and stuff like that? Um, I don't get full. Oh, you don't get them, do oh, you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what are contractions? <laughs> I haven't had a baby. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Imagine if that was the contraction you were getting. No. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't get full-on contractions. I just get more of like a gulp, gulping sensation. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, usually it's sort of a good warning sign when you're about, when you're on the bottom and you're probably about halfway through your dive and if you start gulping, it's sort of like you're about halfway. Yeah. So you can spend a bit more longer and then head up. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I try to do in my pool is just try to breathe up and get as far as I can till my first contractor and try to build that space up. Yeah. And without hyperventilating, because hyperventilating gets rid of the contraction. <laughs> it makes you into this awesome diver, but then you pass out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, if you can, I'll just try to push it. Like I'm getting from like 45 and probably closer to 50 to a minute before I get the first contraction now, where it used to be, um, yeah, just straight away. Yeah, right. Like 40 seconds. And I get them bad. I, it's like I'm having a heart attack underwater. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Wow, I don't want to dive with you. No. <laughs> it's like... Mm. Yeah. I'll be pulling did, you I'd, out of the crane yeah. hole. <laughs> He's dying. Yeah. No, it's just leaving me. I'm contracting you. Yeah. <laughs> I was talk, um, we were talking about in the dive course and the boys, I was underwater and they were laughing at me. We were like two minutes 50 and I'm just sitting there going, look like I have an epileptic fit underwater. Wow. <laughs> That's scary. <laughs> yeah, and they're like... They keep tapping me, you're right, and I'm giving them the thumbs up, but it was just, yes. Yeah, some people just have bad ones, and I'm guessing I must. Yeah, <laughs> that's unlucky, but yeah. it sounds like you're overcoming that. Yeah, I think you just got to make them your friend. Yeah. <laughs> that's what Az says. He's like, just make them your friend. I'm like, yeah, if your friend keeps punching in the face every second, 10 seconds, well, you're going to be their friend with them for long? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't know how you make friends with that. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, mine are pretty bad. So you're you're lucky that way as well. So that would help a lot, yeah, just having less discomfort under the water with those couple of things. Yeah, and I think that's the main thing about spearfishing is is getting comfortable, finding ways to be comfortable underwater because mm. if you're stressed, the fish are stressed, yeah. they're not coming anywhere near you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd go down and as is telling me to get a piece of coral and start scratching it on the bottom and throwing sand up and all this mm. and I'm... And I'm down there and doing it, and like nothing's fucking coming. <laughs> it's like there has to be fish there to, for them to come. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes they're just not in the spot where they yeah, are. Yeah, it helps. <laughs> yeah, there are a few different hunting techniques though yeah. that are pretty handy. <laughs> so when you um, growing up, like oh, just in towns, all what, what, what? How did people treat you when you were like the only girl in the boat spearing and stuff? Well, that was a bit different, or. Um, to be honest, I get asked this question a lot, but I haven't really had an issue with that as such. So I've always lived remote my whole life. So been in the Pilbara and the Kimberley and living in the middle of nowhere in the Torres Straits. And I think the people you find there to dive with are people that basically they're there because they just love spearfishing. They go out diving because they love spearfishing. Yeah. And I feel like there's not much ego people with egos there yeah. and um so i guess 
it's just all about the fun of the sport rather than anything else. So yeah. I haven't really had a lot of issues in that sense. Yeah, I've just, I, there are probably no egos because you're a better spear than, spearer than most of them. So they're like, oh, that's just Erin, you know, it's just what she does. One of the boys. <laughs> One of the better boys. Yeah. <laughs> when they start getting naked on the boat, that's where I draw the line. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you get a lot of that, they're, they're jumping out, out of their suits and jumping in the water to clean up before they get home. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> So, like, I never had it until I moved to Cairns, and now the guys that I dive with, I swear, like, they've rarely got clothes on on the boat. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> no, I'm not one of those. I'll wear boardies underneath me. So I just Do pull, you? And I just pull my suit off <laughs> and then just have my boardies on. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually not many that do that. No. They well, like the freedom, you know. You've got to be able to move. Yeah, is that what it is? <laughs> I'm guessing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Don't so, know. have you done any freediving courses? Yeah, I've done one. So, when I moved to Cairns, I did a freediving course just to stay J with Aunt Judge. And, um, yeah, I feel like that it was worth doing the freediving course because it taught me a lot of the safety stuff that I didn't really know about. So, before I did the course, I was a bit of a rogue diver, I guess, where you'd be out there and it was a bit, a bit like free-for-all, like you'd swim off from your yeah. dive buddies and... Um, just didn't really have that knowledge of the safety side. So I think doing the course really gave me that knowledge. Yeah. Um, I was already diving probably to 25 metres at that stage. So I was already diving quite yeah. deep. But, yeah, it was really important, I think, for just getting that safety side of diving and learning yeah. to be a good dive buddy. <laughs> and you probably got a good one in Ant because he's like the, one of the Australian record holders at the time, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is good. And when you do dive with Ant, he's just very calming, I guess. So yeah. you feel like you can really push your limits and he's he'll be watching you, he'll be there. You know he can come get you off the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> Anything that. up the 90 metres. I don't know, does he go over a 90? I remember I, I met him years ago and, yeah, I think he was at like 90 metres or something. He's... PB yeah, or something. <laughs> I think he's around there. It's insane. Yeah. <laughs> but to be honest, like a lot of people ask me too if I feel like people should be doing spearfishing course, uh, freedive courses when they start spearing. And I think that is a bit of a controversial topic because I feel like there's so much more to spearfishing than just freediving. Mm. Like I think there's a lot about learning First of all, you should be learning just to be comfortable in the water. Yeah. So you should just get out there and snorkel and, you know, do sh shallow sort of free diving down and up. Just get that comfortable feeling in the water. And then um, I also like just think watching, going and diving with people and learning how they do it, watch them how they do it, learn hunting te techniques. And I feel like there's just a lot more to learn than just free diving. Yeah. In spearfishing. Yeah, the safety side of the freediving is probably the one of the main things you get out of it, all the freediving stuff. Yeah, yeah. And and especially when you're going down the, the rope and all that, there's so much safety in that rope. There's no rope when you're yeah. going down <laughs> from spearing. I know, that's the thing. Freediving's so controlled. Everything's controlled. But then when you're out spearfishing, nothing's controlled. No. Really. No, and then like, like um, just shooting fish and then your reel gets jammed and then... Get it wrapped around your flipper or something, and before you know it, yeah. a little a little day can turn to a big one. A hundred percent, definitely. And I think it's important, like for the younger ones too, coming through to drive home that it's not 
you don't have to dive really deep to get good fish. No. Like you can, you get majority of your fish within like 15 meters of water. Like, yeah. And I think you see a lot of the younger generation coming through, doing a free diving course and then going out and trying to spear fish as deep as they can, which I think is quite risky to try and do that without spending time in the water and trying to do it quickly. I think it's a touch of an ego thing as well. It's just like, yeah, I've got this one at this depth and this is John. He dives at 25 meters and... Yeah. He's only been doing it six months. Yeah. But he gets to that 25 meters in like 10 seconds. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> time and under the water, that's the main thing. Yeah. Getting to the bottom and spending time there, that's the, that's the part that's the hardest thing to get good at and get control of. Yeah, definitely. And I've, like, I go out, I've got dive buddies now that can only get down to 15 meters because of their equalizing. And they would outspear me any day. Mm. In 15 meters of water, they're yep. just weapons because they just under they understand fish behavior. They understand like the environment and how to find fish. And I know how you feel, boys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> I remember we had to do, yeah. Well, we didn't have to get to 20 in the course, but we all went to 20, and I come up and I said, "I'm not going back down." My head was about to explode. <laughs> yeah, was it? <laughs> yeah, because. Oh. After 15, it just, yeah, wouldn't wouldn't work anymore, the equalizing. So, yeah. Pushed it just to get one down. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's a tricky one. Did you do it in the lake? Yeah. Yeah, that's a hard place, I reckon, to dive to. <laughs> yeah, well, I was talking about it the other day with all the thermoclines as you go mm. down. It's just a airy sort of place. You think, oh, there's the bottom line. Oh, no, that's just another layer of silt and, or not silt, really, just different color water. <laughs> yeah. And because you can't see anything because it's so dirty, you just, all in your headspace. Yeah. Like there's nothing to distract you. And so, yeah, it makes, I reckon that makes it harder to dive deeper. Yeah. Whereas when you're out in the ocean diving, you're distracted by everything and yeah. more relaxed, I guess, and not thinking about the dive. I found out Flinders, of course, the water was that clear. You think it looks five to ten metres and it's 20, 25 metres and you're going down thinking I'm going to go yeah. get this little trout and it's over a metre long. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh, shit, I'm not even halfway there yet. I know. <laughs> and you just think it's just there and yeah. swimming for ages and it's so disheartening. It's the same thing with um, blue water spearing. Like learning to hit the fish at the right distance in clear water is a really hard one too, isn't it? Oh, 100%. Every time I go out, like I swear... I've just completely missed my first fish <laughs> every time. You just, yeah, you, you're never close enough. Yeah. So I think the trick is when you're out blue water is to get close to the, closer to the fish than what you think you need to be yeah. and then get closer again. <laughs> yeah, and then you've got to keep throwing your little teaser in and try getting them closer. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a thing. Yeah. Get them to come into you. Having a good crew helps with that when they keep throwing it and <laughs> getting a bit of a bit of um life or life around you yeah but, um, do you use the throw teasers well that's as in them you do when i go out with them i let they got one they throw them and they have to chase after it and i just watch them chase after it yeah <laughs> so i gotta go get it then <laughs> <laughs> i personally hate them i hate throw teasers because yeah. you're sitting there watching it drop and you're like stressing out about whether you're going to dive in time before it gets too deep for you to yeah. actually recover it <laughs> It just stresses me out. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I have the flasher as well. But last time I used it, all it did was turn on all the sharks and just like like that bull shark you were talking about, 
I had a couple come off the bottom at, at me at full pelt, and I'm like, mm. I'll just pull that flasher back out of the water. I don't want it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do get a bit excited over some of the flashes. <laughs> and I think, like, it's important to read the sharp behavior too. And when yeah. they start shooting in you, at you at full pelt, yeah. it's probably it's a good time, time to, to move. <laughs> 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 so with your world record, how long ago did you get that one? Um, so I've got three now. Three? <laughs> Bloody hell. <laughs> so the, probably the sailfish. The yeah, the sailfish. That's one. one. Yeah. Um, so that was, when was that? That was last year. End of last year? Yeah. Yeah. So that was off cans. Yeah, I remember was, it popped up in my, um, in my Instagram somewhere. I don't know if Adrino might have shared it or something. Like right might have shared it. I don't know. So yeah, okay. It was there somewhere. Yeah. It went pretty viral, that fish. There was a lot of unhappy people <laughs> they chase them marlin fishing all the time <laughs> yeah i know it was just this full-on war between spiros line fishermen and greenies yeah <laughs> it was insane just like, turn your phone off <laughs> uh, well luckily i didn't actually get any feedback on my actual social media or anything like that yep. it was just all positive stuff but i remember at the time the cans post and Seven News on the Gold Coast and Nine News in Perth, like they all shared it on their social yep. media. And every other article on their page had like 13 likes and one or two comments. And mine just went ballistic. It just went over 2,000 comments on every post that went up. Yep. And it was just this full-on war. <laughs> it was crazy. Oh, it, it just comes down to people with not enough knowledge and I don't know, there's not... A, most of my keyboard warriors that never been out on the water and never had a look at a fish. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think, I think it's really important that, like, people do learn about the populations of fish. And yeah. so, the sailfish, for example, is really highly populated throughout the world. It's one of the fastest growing fish in the ocean. So it's actually probably one of the most sustainable fish to shoot. Yeah. But because it looks pretty then people, <laughs> people think we shouldn't be shooting it. Yep. Um, and I did eat that fish at the end of the day. We went home and smoked it up. Yep. And, um, what did it taste like? Well, to be honest, I probably wouldn't shoot another one. Yeah. <laughs> Unless it was bigger. Yeah. <laughs> Got to keep, beat my world record. <laughs> but it was, like, it was definitely edible. Like It was fine, but I'd probably prefer to eat a mackerel yep. over a sailfish. Yeah. Because yeah. was it, when you spotted it, was it just sunning itself or was it just hanging around like, you know, they just flap on top of the water and they put their fins up so they get warmth? Yeah, I have seen them do that. But this day we um we went out, we had so many boat issues before we actually got out that day. <laughs> and we actually ended up swapping boats and taking mine. And then we started heading out and um there was this, just this bubble of fish. Um, and I, I just really wanted to get in for some reason, which is odd because normally it's like, you're chasing butterflies if you're jumping in with random moving fish. <laughs> moving <Yeah>. fish. <laughs> um, and then none of the guys were keen. So I'm like, well, I'll just do one dive here and have a look. So I jumped in and then we're drifting for a while and probably about five minutes or so. And then um, my friend yelled out, sailfish. And um, as soon as I yelled that out, I've just looked down and the sailfish has just started like swimming underneath me and sort of towards me. Yep. And um, yeah, so. Went down and um, considered shooting, shooting it or not shooting, because I only had a 
110 gun right roller yeah. with a reel on it and I didn't have any belt reel set up or anything yeah. like that <laughs> <laughs> it just all happened so quick and like I have wanted to shoot a shell of sailfish because I haven't shot one yet and I wanted yep. to try them to taste them um so yeah anyway pulled the trigger and then he's just started swimming down and I'm just looking at my reel peeling off so quick <laughs> and I'm like oh no this is gonna go bad yeah. <laughs> Did you put your hand over it to Yeah, I was a bit? trying to do anything I could to slow it down. And then it was getting towards the end and I'm like, oh, this Did, is Was over. it tied off? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's the other thing. That always crosses your mind, hey. I don't know why. They always get tied off, yeah. but you're always like, is it? <laughs> yeah. So then it was coming to the end of the spool and I'm like, oh, well, I'm just going to... Like, I actually started reaching for my knife to cut the line. Yeah. Because didn't want to lose my gun <laughs> and um luckily for me the fish just started swimming back up towards yep. the surface and um and then once it got to the surface it just towed me along the surface for about three minutes or so yeah and <laughs> so how much line would have been probably a couple hundred meters on that reel oh uh, only about 50 meters Is it 50 yeah yeah yep. so yeah <laughs> so it would have been funny just on top of the soil just getting oh yeah <laughs> it was actually quite fun like it they pull you at a fair yeah, fair yeah. pace <laughs> Especially a 43 kilo one, and I'm only 60 kilos. Yeah, it's like, that's what I mentioned something the other day. It was a 25 kilo fish is like a 10 year old kid yeah. <laughs> underwater that you just shot. Yeah. So, well, that's not a good comparison. <laughs> that's the way I do it. <laughs> <laughs> I got two mongrel kids, I always think about shooting. Yeah. Them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. He's just looking at us now <laughs> on his noisy keyboard. Everyone can hear the noisy keyboard in the background, mate. Oh, is that what that is? <laughs> <laughs> you have to stop. <laughs> yeah, he's a super nerd. He's got, yeah. got all his gear. But it's um, good. Out, so, like, where, where do you mainly go spearing? Is it Cairns? Or, because you're down in my territory, you didn't ask me if you'd come yeah. down this way. <laughs> <laughs> Did you want GPS marks yeah. or you just want generally? <laughs> well, I don't, uh, <clears throat> I don't have a boat anymore, but I've got some marks. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> um yeah i guess go spearfishing everywhere basically like i'm never always just going to the same spot so launch a lot off port douglas off cairns off Innisfail, and off mission beach i guess yep so local sort of areas so yeah not afraid to travel a couple of hours to yep. tuck the boat in and i like Innisfail is just because the reef's not that far yeah, yeah isn't it? <laughs> i had a bit of a soft spot for Innisfail last year and did a lot of diving down yep. this way Think, I don't know. I think I just like the harbour. Yeah, the harbour's a good. It's because yes, it's a good spot to launch. Yeah, I actually launched more from the point, but the boat ramp went to shit and started causing a bit of issues with you. If getting your boat in and out at low tide is very can ruin props and everything down there. So which point's that? Uh, Flying Fish Point. Oh yeah, yeah. So I just always did there because it's closer for me to get there than the harbour, but. Yeah. Now I'm just going from the harbour because it's so much better <laughs> to put your boat in, launch a boat, and don't have to do worry about stuff. tides. Yeah, yeah, and it's just stunning. Mm. One of my favourite things is driving out of there in the morning for sunrise, and you go through the mouth, and the sun's like rising over the hill. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's stunning. We were down there a couple of weeks ago, and the, there was that much fog we couldn't find our way out of the mouth if we didn't have the GPS on. Oh, really? It was that like. 10 meters 15 meters and that was it you couldn't see anything wow and there was 200 boats probably out that day and i'm just like oh this 
going to be an accident. The mackerel were <laughs> were they? Yeah, but once you got <laughs> past the, the mouth, probably about 100 metres, then it just went... Just, it was just actually in the harbour was a big smoke bomb. Wow. <laughs> That's insane. It can be quite scary because you, you lose all viz. Yeah, and because we were like, oh, what's this idiot sitting there with these lights on? What's he doing? And, and it was actually the tug that was about 200 metres away. It's the only light that was coming through. The But it looked like with the depth perception, it looked like it was just there. Yeah. And we're going, I'm like, what's he doing? And we couldn't figure out what he's doing. I'm like, That's the tug. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a crazy uh, place there but yeah it's a beautiful deep deep um place to launch from so yeah. yeah we're sort of lucky i've been i've only launched from cairns once and that was um just to go out fitzroy island for for a day trip on my boat when i first got it and i just think it's funny that you're allowed to do fast as you want along the along the like the front there with all the big boats park yeah. You can do 100 knots if you want to. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, that's it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it is great. Otherwise, it'd be a long trip home if you had to pull up at six knots right there and go all the way down. Oh, there. yeah, it's a long way. <laughs> I think they do that when ships come into the harbour. Yep. Because ships can't control their speed, then they can't put speed regulations. Yep. That's what I've heard. I don't know if it's making it up. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with that. Don't Google. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So what sort of what's um, your favourite depth? But in saying that, like your depth out here, like locally, most people dive only five to fifteen metres because that's where everything is. Mm. And then you go to your blue water. But in saying that, you're chasing dog tooth and stuff. Like that's the only time you really got to go a bit, get a bit more depth. So what sort of depth do you get to chasing those? Yeah, so my favourite types of diving off here would have to be blue water and then but also your coastal diving. Yep. But you coastal diving on your wrecks and your wonky holes. Yep. They're my favourite. So they're they're quite deep off here. Yeah. So about you the generally twenty five. Yeah, twenty five yeah. to thirty metres yep. generally. Um yeah. And then obviously blue water for dog tooth. That can be any depth, really. Yeah. But generally, you sit your flasher around 15 metres, depending on the viz. Mm. And, um, yeah, you're diving down, I don't know, 20 metres or so for yeah. that. So it's actually not as deep, I guess, as the coastal sort of dives that yeah. we do. Yeah, Yeah, the wonky holes, I've always wanted to do them. you just got to get those good days when there's, I think it's more neap tides where the, everything just clears up and you have those one or two good days a year where everything's just like magic. <laughs> yeah, it's so hard to get the wonky holes clean off here. Yeah. So, do people know what wonky holes do? Well, to? yeah, so <laughs> a wonky hole is where a freshwater like, creek comes out from underneath the seabed and it's just like a little crater pretty much and the fish just seem to gather around at the bait and so you get like your saddle tail and we call them largemouth nannies and stuff like that and cod and stuff hang around them yeah so. yeah and bar cheat coral trout yep yeah but they they tend to follow the old paleo channels so the old riverbeds yep and so you can actually work out um where the old riverbeds used to flow and then what happens is you get a silty mud build up on the coast from um probably about zero meters down to about 20 meters on average where it's that thick the mud and silt that the river like flows underneath it yep and then when that starts to shallow out the mud and silt and you get to the sandy offshore area 
like that's where you get your wonky holes sort of yeah. popping, popping up. So yeah, we try and search those sort of areas to find these wonky holes. But off cans, there's a lot of runoff, I guess. Mm. And um, so it's quite silty. And because you generally find them around the shipping channel, they're continuously getting stirred up by ships coming through. Yeah. And we get a lot of wind off here as well, which also stirs up those fine silts. And so they stay dirty most of the time. Yeah. And usually when you're diving them, you you might think it's clean enough and you'll jump in and what we do is set up a drop line to dive them. So yeah. we put a line down with a weight and a float on it and then we just go down that line because then that way you can accurately drop it on the spot. Exactly, you're instead not, of looking for it. <laughs> yeah, well, when there's no viz mm. and you're floating there, you just have no idea where you're diving. <laughs> True. <laughs> so, yeah, we dive down those down the drop line and... Sometimes you'll be you have like six meters viz on the surface. You're like, yeah, this is gonna be a good day. Yep. You start diving down, and it's, it just starts dissipating. And when you get to about twenty meters, you got like you can you see you got about one meter viz. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, Do I abort? This time? <laughs> but yeah, so often that happens. Like it's pretty hard to get it a yep. good three four meters on the bottom. And you notice around the wonkies, there's only usually a couple of fish sort of living them. It's not like at the reef where you get a hundred snapper hang out together and all that sort of thing where the wonkies, they just have like a two, but they're always big bastards. Yeah. Yeah. The, <laughs> they're usually good fish when yeah. you find them. <laughs> but yeah, there's yeah generally only a few. And when you dive down, you might land on the wonky hole and you'll see the actual hole in the bottom in the seabed. Yeah. And if it's running, you'll actually see this like turpentine sort of color water coming up, mm. which is pretty cool. Um, with the fresh water coming out of it. Um, and so you generally just sit there and just sort of, if you sit in that spot and just lie on the bottom, you actually start to get fish coming in. Um, so they don't hang far from the wonky hole, yeah. but they might just be out a little way. And if you wait and be patient, yeah. then they can come in. Yeah, or send your dive buddy down first. <laughs> Bring them in. <laughs> yeah, it does. Everyone wants to jump in and be the first diver on a wonky hole, and I'm like, you go. <laughs> they always seem to come to the second diver. <laughs> Actually, if you have a look on Back to Basics channel, I think Az and Strick put a video up of diving them. And mm. they, they went with Ryan Moody, so they actually got a couple of good ones on it because he's pretty good at finding the wonky holes. Yeah, he does all right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was pretty awesome footage. Yeah. Yeah. Now, after watching that, I was like, that's that's my goal. Yeah. <laughs> I want to get to wonky old depth. Oh, yeah. I spent a lot of time last year looking for wonkies, searching for them and diving them. And to be honest, I've yet to see a largemouth nanny guy on a wonky hole. Yep. I've seen them on wrecks everywhere yeah. else, but I'm just jinxed. And <laughs> I'll take people out diving these wonky holes and they'll spear one when I'm their dive buddy. <laughs> And I'll dive back down and just see nothing. Yeah. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I see um, when, when they went out, they got a couple of big bastards on them. So. And I know of a few people locally that fish wonky holes around here and they always seem to get... But they only seem to get one or two off each wonky hole and then they have to move. Yeah. Because there's yeah, not too much on them after that. No, there's not. But they're always horses, like 90 centimetre long things. And yeah. <laughs> Especially if you find your own wonky holes that people don't know about. Yeah. They're the ones to find. They're, mm. they're where the big fish are. Yeah, some people spend days out there just trolling and just yeah. <laughs> looking. Oh, yeah. Can be frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to have patience. <laughs> I'm not a very good person with patience. Nah. Person. <laughs> 
<laughs> but yeah, it's pretty exciting though when you drive over one and you just see it light up the sounder yep. with this fish. And you're like, it's pretty unreal. So your boat, what sort of boat do you have? So I've got a six meter Sea Pro. Yep. So center console. Um, yeah, I've had it for about five years now. And um, yeah, got it shipped up to the Torres Straits from WA when I went up there. Yep. And um, yeah, love it. See, look, after seeing it, that's a nice boat. Because when I was back in my boat and you pulled in, I'm like, is that a hooker? Because they, they're nearly the same shape. They got a bit more flare on the on the bow. Yeah, and similar. The, They've really got a really wide beam on yeah. them. But they seem to travel really well mm. through the water. They yeah. cut through really nice. And it's actually a pretty dry boat for a center console. Yeah. Yeah, love yes. it. That's good. Yeah, because it, it's, yeah, it's, it's actually... Well, it can't be that. It was rough the other day when you went out. You said it was rough. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, keep reminding me. <laughs> <laughs> when I snobbed you. Yeah. <laughs> you were off me. <laughs> Straight up. So that was, that was your partner, Troy, is it, that you went out with yeah. that day? Yeah. 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 I actually um, followed his page today. He does, he's a really good Spiro too, so he's got some good footage on his page as well yeah, on Instagram. So. we won't tell him that, but <laughs> every time we seem to go out spearing together, we always seem to get the exact same fish and always the exact same size. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it's starting to get quite competitive. So was that day you, I seen you, was that day you got mooies and that out there? Yeah, I'm trying to think what that day was. I think that we did go and get mooies that day. Where was that? That was up in us. Oh, yeah. no. That day we actually just went line fishing. Yep. And, um, yeah, we just wanted to try out some new spots and see what they like, a few wonky holes. And, yeah. Um, and then we just got frustrated because we're both useless at line fishing. <laughs> 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 and just went into the shallows and just shot a few fish for dinner. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's a good day. It's been probably hard or probably, yeah, I'd say 50-50, but I'm probably closer to more spe- uh, fishing than spearing when I go out. Because when I get, I usually go out right out the back, chase the deeper fish, and come back in and get wet on the way home, and chase a few fish and cray on the way home. So yeah, I'm never ever like. You need to get to get better. You just got to be in there all day and just practicing and getting and really fu- pus- pushing yourself to within your limits. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I think it helps a lot too diving with different people because mm. I think you just pick up little things off off for everyone. Yeah. And just be like open to it, I guess, open to learning new things and yeah. just have the attitude that everyone knows something about yeah. that you don't know. And oh, you can learn a lot of stuff from stupid people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can. <laughs> so you, your sponsor, you got sponsors in the, in the spearing side of things? Yeah. So Aim Right Spearfishing, they yep. sponsor me. So that was just when I moved to Cairns and Trav contacted me and said, really like um, your page and that you're more about the adventure and having fun on the water rather than yep. full-on hunting all the time. And, yeah, so he said, we'd like to sponsor you. And I'm like, yeah, well, I'd like to have free spearfishing here. <laughs> now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll take that. And, um, but, yeah, they've been, they've been really good yep. for the last couple of years. Well, did it take a little bit to get used to the, um, uh, the trigger, how, the safety on the trigger? That's the only thing that's they're sort of... They, do they, are there are they any people that do that safety in the trigger? Yeah, I think that they are. And it took me ages. Like, I think the worst thing is that when you're trying to load the spear gun and you have to actually click the the trigger mechanism yep. for it to um, 
shoot the to lock the shaft yeah. in and so you put the shaft in and like if you don't do that it falls out when you go to load your gun yeah and that bit can be real frustrating <laughs> <laughs> but then once soon as you're used to that it's yeah you're used to it and it's fine it's good yeah I've, I've i don't know if i've shot one i've held one i might have shot one but yeah that was the only thing that sort of stood out yeah my brother had one and it yeah everyone i've seen was like this just, just, just looks different. Yeah. <laughs> and just getting me to get used to different things is probably any different. Yeah, it takes a little while, but it's, I actually prefer it because I guess you're not switching on the safety or off the safety. Mm. And so you're not swimming around with... The thought. Well, a gun that's ready to fire. <laughs> yeah. So you're only literally taking the safety off as you're pulling the trigger. Yeah. So I think that that's a really big benefit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, what sort of masking that were you... Do you um, like the big open mass? Or because you can, um, what do you call it? Yeah. <laughs> Equalise with your face. Three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> so you can probably, you don't, you can use a smaller goggle. Yeah, yeah. So just any mask that's got a low profile and um, it's comfortable. Like you've yeah. got to get one that fits your face. Yeah. Like it, there's nothing more frustrating than a leaking mask or a fogging mask. Fogging masks are the worst. Yeah. <laughs> and I've got it set at the moment that I've, I've pretty much, there's no baby shampoo left in the world. It's all gone in my <laughs> goggles. <laughs> I've put everything in and every trip is just like, it's doing it again. Yeah. <laughs> some of them are just, you can't get rid of it for some reason. So when I, as soon as I get a mask, I just burn it. Burn it. Have you yeah. done that? Yeah, I've done the burn. And then I just seem to have no issue. I was talking to a fellow in a dive shot. He goes, burn them, but he goes, just be careful because it untempers the glass as well. Yeah, okay. So then you can go down and it'll explode. <laughs> That's going to be good at depth. <laughs> but you actually, when you burn, you actually see it. It just all disappears, doesn't it? Yeah, like, yeah. It doesn't take long. You just like a couple of seconds and you see it all yeah. disappearing. <laughs> so, and you still have issues. Yeah. So wow. it's just a dodgy set. <laughs> you just too hot underwater. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> Swimming too fast. Yeah, <laughs> So what? Are, what's a must in your gear bag? In my gear bag. So, uh, I think the most important thing is to get stuff that makes you feel comfortable underwater, and so getting some foot pockets that fit your foot and like I go slightly larger in the foot pocket just to make sure it's not like really tight on my foot. Yeah. Um, and obviously getting a mask that fits your face and then feels comfortable mm. is really important. Um, I also use a white dive belt now. And the reason for that is that when we're doing these deeper dives in the murkier water is that your dive buddy can see you for longer. Yeah. So with the camo suits, you can dive down onto the reef and your dive buddy can lose sight of you really easily. Yeah. And so if you've got a white something on you, the visible, like it's so much more visible from the surface. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just see with the, I think fish are a lot smarter than what we think. And I think the camo suits probably don't yeah. really <laughs> do anything anyway. <laughs> you should as well go down with um, high vis, yeah, <laughs> high vis diving gear on. A hundred percent agree with that. <laughs> Unless you're wearing the hex, the hex apparently hide all your transmissions and all this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> But people talk so much about fish being able to see your eyes and all that sort of stuff. And then I'm like, well, why are people so worried about camo? Like, yeah. <laughs> they're onto your eyes, let alone your whole body. <laughs> so, a knife, so you have a knife as well. And yeah. Um, 
your aim right suit pretty much. Yeah. I heard I was listening to a podcast the other day that are they getting better at making suits for for women? Um, I think they don't really make. There are a few companies out there that make suits for women, but I seem to find that the wetsuits these days um, are pretty unisex and fit women anyway. Yeah. So yeah, I just get the normal size forty eight and. It fits perfectly. Yeah. yeah. And you probably, only this time of the year, it's winter at the moment, We um, you just need a little bit of, not too much thickness up here, but what do you go, two mil or something or three or? I go five mil. Five? Oh, <laughs> you're a cat. <laughs> <laughs> I am the biggest horse. I hate being cold when you're diving. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing worse. It probably, it does hinder your breathe up and that and your heart probably goes a bit quicker because your body's shivering when you're cold. Yeah, so it definitely does. It does help. Yeah. I only um, had Harry Foster on here last week and I met him in the dive course up at Eacham and it was 18 degrees in and out of the water while we were there and we were two days in the water and lucky he had this 5 mil closed cell suit He bought, I borrowed off him because I just had a 3 mil crappy one. Yeah. <laughs> and if I had that, I wouldn't have been able to do nothing. Yeah. And the lake is extra cold. Yeah. Especially when you go down. Yeah. <laughs> it's colder again. It's crazy the thermoclines in yeah. it. Yeah. Around the, the 20 meter mark, I think 20, I think they're saying at 25, there's one spot just like halves the temp yeah. and just goes really cold. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> and when you're down there on your own and you can't see anything and you go through one of them thermoclines, you're like, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> <laughs> Why am I here? <laughs> Diving sucks. Yeah. <laughs> It sure does. So, what do you, if you've got a foggy mask, what do you use? Um, so, I just burn them. And then, if I do have a foggy mask out there, same as you, that baby shampoo yeah. works the treat. Or detergent, but that can sting your eyes sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> just use a little bit. Sometimes, you find it when you put sun cream on, sometimes it drips over and burns your eyes while you're underwater and it's just all of a sudden it'll start coming down. You're like, ah! And yeah. you're like, 20 meters down is burning. I oh, know, nothing worse. <laughs> But I found out the other day, someone said that the actual eye drops that they make, or not eye drops, but the drops that they make to defog your mask are actually just some, a form of detergent anyway. Yeah. What a good idea. Oh, this is someone here yeah, having a little spray of goggle cleaner, goggle cleaner. It's just nothing. It's just, yeah. <laughs> just Baby it. shampoo. <laughs> Should have been onto that one. Yeah. So have you, you've been in a few boats. What are your classes a good boat for spearing? Um, well, I love my boat. <laughs> <laughs> my boat's good. My boat. <laughs> but um, obviously a boat with um, like a pod or something easy to get in and out of the water is really good to spear in yep. and out of. Yeah. Because by the end of the day, you're pretty exhausted and trying to climb back into a high-sided boat can be yeah. pretty full on. That was a good thing about the hooker I had. It had low side still, so you can just climb up over the side. That yeah. My next one's having a dive door. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And a pot at the back as well. Yeah. <laughs> I'm having everything. <laughs> Going all out on this one. Yeah. <laughs> Put a little lift in that lifts you up out of the water. <laughs> I actually want to um, have it to a point where I can flip a door open and put a jet ski in in the back and sit it on the back deck. How big is this I'm boat going to be? <laughs> <laughs> but it's right where you drive from now. <laughs> yeah. You've got to sit on the jet ski and that's how you steer then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Yeah, so because I, I like surfing out there and 
it'd be good just to have someone doing a bit of water safety on the big days because some days it gets pretty big. Yeah. Do you <laughs> yeah. surf off here? Yeah. Ah. Yeah, we surf out at a special place out here. <laughs> a special place. <laughs> but um, actually went out, what, February this year? And um, it's just when that cyclone left. And it was, yeah, probably four foot and then there'll be six, eight foot ones coming through. <laughs> just, oh, wow. Just crazy ones. This would be just normal, normal, normal for half an hour. And then this big house set would come through and you're like, shit. Wow. And everyone's just swimming for their lives. And <laughs> you're to swim, grab onto the bottom and then snap my leg rope, lost my board over the top of the reef. And yeah, yeah I had to go. Yeah, swim out to the boat that was 200 meters off the oh my god <laughs> off the bank in the deep water, <laughs> trying to get get in the boat and go around and pick up your board on the other side of the reef. Jesus. So. And everyone up here would be used to like one foot. Yeah. <laughs> like, to deal with it that. was probably only two foot, but we see everything is yeah. huge up here. <laughs> six foot six barrels. Foot, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a yeah, it was a nice day. Of yeah, we've got a. We did get some footage. We had the Back to Basics boys with us. Yeah. We had three drones in the boat and none of them would fly. Oh, really? <laughs> We're all killing ourselves over it. <laughs> Lost no. a good. They probably would have put on a good show that day, but... Yeah. Yeah. Now, now it's not probably good. The footage isn't good enough without the drone footage to yeah. chuck it up. <laughs> yeah. I don't realise there's that good a surf off here. Yeah. Yeah. It only happens a couple of times a year, but I've like I could probably go out there. If you go out there, like... If it's been rough and then it flattens off one one day, the swell still comes through. So yeah. you can still get a two to three foot wave out there at the back. How good. I have to start looking. Mm. I can tell you off air. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> we used to, um, up in the Torres Straits, so we did um, a trip out to the Coral Sea off there. Yep. And um, where the edge of the reef is out there, you get some good waves coming in there. Yep. Which looked pretty awesome. But we didn't have boards with us. <laughs> Yeah, it'd be so like how many places up there would there be all up along there? Oh, the whole way up, I reckon mm. you'd find it. Yeah, I know uh, Papua New Guinea has good waves around the islands up there, so yeah, they're everywhere. Yeah, I know. Just <laughs> need to be out there. Yeah, and like, because we spear, we're sort of a bit more comfortable in the water, but it's not a comfortable place to be sitting on top of the water on a board out there. No, because <laughs> <laughs> the first couple of times I did it by myself. And yeah. you're just sitting out and following the boats, just like videoing me saying, see you later, Tony, nice knowing you. Oh, God. <laughs> it would be pretty terrifying, actually. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I still want to have goggles on and someone with a spear gun in the water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can put a goggles on on the, on the board yeah. and have a look under every now and then. <laughs> well, I've seen a thing on Instagram. You can actually get shark eyes and glue them to the bottom. Oh. of your, They call it shark eyes and yeah. you glue them under your board so they... They say they're scared of eyes or something, so... Yeah, we'll my see. friend Tao uses those on the back of his mask. Yep. Yeah. I reckon that would work, hey? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I actually I actually looked at buying those. <laughs> ah. <laughs> but, um, you know, all these Insta places, you're bloody half an hour to buy something if you don't have the right PayPal or something like that. doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so frustrating. Like, you're like halfway through, you're like, fuck, I don't know my number. <laughs> I know. And I feel like people are getting slacker too. You know, if it's not straightforward, it's not happening. Yeah. <laughs> That's me. Yeah. <laughs> so you got any advice for any like young youngsters starting out, especially young girls, if they're looking at going out on the water? Um, 
I think to start off with, I think just get out there and get comfortable in the water. Like go out and go snorkeling um, and just, yeah, feel comfortable diving down and, and looking around basically. Yeah. I think that's the most important thing. And then um, and go out with people that do spearfish and just watch them, like watch what they do and, and learn that way. Mm. But I think, yeah, it's just really important to spend that time in the water and just getting comfortable basically. Yeah. Yeah. And also for women too, I think there's a big stereotype out there that if you're taking women out in the boat, they're just going to be a bit of a burden and you're going to have to do everything for them. So I think with young women coming through, it'd be good to see them really take charge of what they're like of doing everything and learning how to do everything themselves. Yep. So don't just sit back and watch the guys do it, like get in there. And um, I seen that when I was up in the Torres Straits too, we had, cause there's a lot of girls up there living in Thursday Island. Yeah. Be a great place if you're a single male. <laughs> <laughs> so where's this place? Yeah. All the young fellas right down Thursday Island. <laughs> but there's a lot because there's a lot of teachers up yep. there, a lot of um, nurses. Yeah. Cause they, most of the time they got to do a, if they want to, live in a city and be a teacher they have to do go out of their zone and then they can get back to their city quicker yeah yeah they have to go do a rural stint somewhere yeah and they then they get to choose where they gotta and can teach after that that's pretty much the rule isn't it yeah yeah so yeah you end up with a lot of females up there and on a small island there's not a lot to do so everyone's just keen to go do anything yeah and which is really good which is what i love like people that are just keen to go all the time yeah and um, so we had a good group of girls up there um, that were keen. And so we spent the time and like taught them how to do everything on the boat so that when we took them out, it wasn't a pain in the eyes, <laughs> basically. And, um, hey, there's a lot of males that are like that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> but everyone got really good at it. And then it was just actually enjoyable to go out. And I think that's the case with a lot of females is that the guys sort of jump in and do everything for them and actually don't give them that opportunity to mm. learn. And um, I even see it with friends here in Cairns where they just haven't been given that chance to reverse the boat in. Yeah. Like they've just never done it. Mm. So I think jump in there and learn how to do everything yourself. Yeah. Filleting fish is another one too, is a big one. Where it's like I'm still crap at it because I, I just, when I get back, I, I like to clean my boat, not let other, because you just know when someone else does it, they don't do it the way you want it. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> Use fillet, I'll clean the boat by myself. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I'm the worst. So I'm getting, getting every, every trip I do, I get worse at filleting. Yeah. <laughs> so I come back, I finish, and then they might have two or three fish, then I help at the end. Sort of. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I'm the same. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> but yeah, it was good. Um, it was good up there having a group of girls to go out with and, and, and see them do it, learn it all themselves. And now one of the girls um, that was up there with, she owns her own boat and she's taken other women out. Oh, she lives in Weeper now. Yep. And they're doing their own crazy missions. And yeah, it's just so good to see. It's a credit to you because there's a lot of young um, Spiros around here that don't own boats. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You've got yours. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think I've just grown up in remote places and just you sort of had to... Well, you don't want to let the boys have all the fun yeah. to start with. So. Has, has Troy got his a boat? He does. Oh, that's all right, Troy. I'll let, let you slide, mate. <laughs> it's full-on <laughs> arguments about which boat we're taking every time. 
<laughs> so now it's on a roster. Roster, roster boat. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, after this, I only got a four and a half meter boat sitting in this little tinny. Now I'm going to have to go yeah. the reef in that. Yeah. <laughs> Till the next one gets built. Yeah. What are you building? Uh, probably a big aluminium boat. Yeah. Uh, BME in Kansas. I'm looking oh. at building it. So, yeah. So it's still in the, the uh, planning stage and go from there. Awesome. I just want something that I want. Yeah. <laughs> exact. Yeah. The good thing about them, you can get them to build the hull and then you can just step into the hull and say, all right, I want this here, this here, this here, this here, and just work your way from back to front. Yeah. So you get exactly how you want it. Mm. So doing a lot of YouTubing and Googling at the moment. Yeah. And then you'll change it 20 <laughs> yeah, times. Yeah, once you're... It's like building a house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but more important. Yeah. <laughs> Way more important. <laughs> so you got any other hobbies? Um, yeah. <laughs> so what else do you do when it rains? Just <laughs> find somewhere to spear. Um, yeah, so I guess in the, I don't know, when I was in the Straits, it was like you could always sneak out somewhere. Yeah. Like there was islands you could sneak behind if the weather was bad. Like, So we were sort of always out, but love just going camping, just being out outdoors basically. Yeah. Like in Cairns with... I've just been, I think I've done every waterfall there is because <laughs> it's bloody windy this time of yeah. year. It's this time of the year. It's just, that's what, this is boat fixing time of the year. It is. Maintenance. I was going to say, it's either out in the boat or fixing it. If you have a look over in the shed at the moment, my brother's got his boat hanging in my shed. Oh, is that who's it? Is? Yeah. yeah right. So he's hanging his and he's doing some work on it. So yeah. I've built this little gantry system that can hang them. And so you can take oh, your trailer out, work on your trailer. If you want to go work on your boat underneath, you can work on it. So That's the dream. Yeah. Now, but the thing is, I show it on Insta and everyone's like, can I bring my boat up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're just going to say it's someone yeah. else's house? No, nah, it's not mine anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. finally, one last question. <laughs> okay. Uh, and uh, what is one thing we all should do to be a good cunt? Oh, did you just <laughs> say that word? Yeah. <laughs> It's my podcast. I'm allowed to. Right. <laughs> Do you want to repeat that word? I can't say it. I don't know. It's just like this mental block. Yeah. Like, it's probably the Western West Oz girl in you. It is. <laughs> I think in West Oz they don't say it, but Queensland the oh, chicks it's, it's, oh. don't mind it. <laughs> <laughs> um, to be a good person. <laughs> or that. <laughs> um, well, the thing I find personally, I guess, is is making yourself happy first. Yep. So I feel like when I'm happy, I can give more to others and I can be there for others and support others a lot more. So I think that key part of just doing, like being aware of of your own happiness and going out and doing things that make you happy is such an important thing yep. to being a good person yourself. That's right. Yeah. All right. We're, we're pretty deep. That's we're deep. like, uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Just don't be But you want to say, it, 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 you, you've said something so positive and then you're like, we went down. No. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and just don't be a shit type, buddy. Yeah. They're pretty shit. <laughs> <laughs> Help out in the boat a lot. Yeah. I always say, be the person, get to where they're going to ask you to be. <laughs> Yeah. Like if you're going to put, you know, you move and get to the anchor before they say, oh, can someone pull the anchor up or that 100%. Sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. 
be there before someone before you ask them. I get pissed off if I have to ask. Yeah, I'll just Same. go and do. I don't say I don't say anything. I'll just go and do it. Do you? And they sit there and just like, oh, you want me to do that? It's like, well, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> I just boss people around. <laughs> like, get up there. <laughs> nah, I just, I just do it just to show them that they should be doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That guilt trip. Yeah, that's far worse. Make them feel bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then we just finished with a negative. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's Good nice trip. meeting you. Yeah, you too. It's, it's awesome. Thanks for the mat size. Talk to me a bit more now. Yep. Yeah, yeah I won't dodge at the ramp now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had our first taste of the Ranga beer. No. <laughs> yeah. When's that coming out? Oh, about five weeks. Can't wait. We'll do another one then. Hey? Yeah. We'll just just have a big party. They're in seven, seven fifty mil bottles, so. Oh really? Yeah, there's a few of them. Wow. And um, I think it was bought all the gear and two batches, which was forty liters, for under hundred dollars. Really? Oh, no, it's just $100. How good. And like a bottle, a carton of like matzos, they're up around probably $70 to $80. They're, in, they're crazy. They're not, good. Not just matzos, but all ginger beers are like that. Does yours taste any good? It's beautiful. No, I, I can't. You can't taste it yet. Oh. <laughs> so everyone will be up, let's open it. It's fucking shit. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to get the rest of them and, and, and get some, get some um, <laughs> matzos and put them inside yeah. them. <laughs> put it back up. <laughs> Yeah, I'd stop talking it up. <laughs> so you got um, with your Instagram stuff. What? How do you people find you on there? Um, just my name. <laughs> I'm creative. Just Erin McGinty. So, so Google pubs and cans. Yeah. <laughs> Irish pubs and cans. She's a good. I'll, I'll tell you this joke. How many? How, how many condoms does the Irishman wear? How many? Two. To be sure. To be sure. Oh my god. <laughs> That's terrible. We should end. We should end this five minutes ago. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just picking on your um, all your family and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> just end on an abusive note. Yeah. So you're on Facebook as well. Yeah, Facebook, Instagram. Yeah. I'm terrible with social media, to be honest. Yeah, you should. Yeah, I know your replies are like two, three days apart. They are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the worst. Oh, and I don't. I don't put notif- notifications on my phone from social media so yeah when i'm on there i'll just check yeah i'm the same <laughs> everyone yeah friends get used to it yeah new people hate you <laughs> <laughs> yeah like like me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right mate uh, nice meeting you and um yeah we'll get you back on here when you spear the next world record <laughs> sounds good thank you <laughs> see you later Bye. all right thanks aaron mcginty e-r-i-n M-C-G-I-N-T-Y on Insta and Facebook and uh, you can check out what she gets up to. Uh, and also, I'd like to just a big thanks for all the support for all the people who come over from As and Taz and all the new people have joined. Mate, oh, this thing's just taken off. I'm, like, I'm pretty excited. Um, also, it comes down to you. If it's if without you, there's no me. So, uh, I'll just be a wank sitting here with a mic in my hand. So, Perfect. Thanks for all your support and then share the yarn with your mate. And um, yeah, if someone says, oh, you, hey, you know any podcasts? Give me a hoy. Thanks a lot. This podcast is brought to you by Fish Skins. They've got a new range coming out in a couple of weeks. And he's also dropped the price of the old range down 10 bucks. So 69 bucks a shirt now. So, mate, jump in while the, while the stocks last. And um, yeah, I wear them every time I go to the reef. It's either Fish Skins or Swim in my boat. So cheers. All right. Thanks, everybody. Remember, share this yarn with your mate and subscribe, and it'll pop up anytime a new podcast will come up. It'll just tell you on your phone. 
Don't even have to wait. Don't even have to look. Too rude.